Psalm chapter 130, verse 1, I want to talk about falling into a pit. I want to preach on falling into a pit. Psalms chapter 130, I'm going to start there in uh, verse 1. The psalm starts out, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Praise the Lord for these verses. These verses have been a real blessing to me. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go into the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, let's pray, Lord, that... Uh, your Holy Spirit will move among us this morning, Father God. And Father, I just pray you'll, be, you'll, you'll speak to each heart what we need, Father God. And Lord, I ask you to lead us, guide us, direct us, Lord God. Lift us, lift us up out of this pit, Lord God. And Father, we're going to glorify and honor Jesus Christ in every way we know how, Lord God. And Father, I ask you to be with Brother George as he's out there in the nursing home, Lord God. Help him get out of there, Lord. And he's got some more to do for you. Be with Brother Raymond, Lord God. Lay your healing hand on him. And Father, we want to thank you for the prayers you've been answering off our prayer list, Lord. And we give you all the honor and glory for that, Father. And I ask you just to go with us for the rest of these services. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. So, I love these verses. Uh, The Psalm, the book of Psalms is very special to me because of uh, some of the things I went through in my life. As I I went through some really dark moments in my life, the book of Psalms was very, very important to me. And I I just stayed in the book of Psalms. And... I, this verse 1, out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Uh, I've been in the depths of sin. I fell into the depths of sin. And that's how sin does you. Sin, sin takes you in steps. It doesn't just, sin never presents itself as just one evil thing. It's just that you don't ever get to see the true evilness or the true wickedness of sin or the iniquity of sin. It takes you down in steps and you go into depths and there's depths to sin. And uh, no man uh, starts in sin if, if you're a druggie or whatever sin you get mixed into. It always starts with one little step. And then that, that, that goes okay, and then you take another little step. And maybe you get away with that, and then you take another little... And then it's a bigger step and a bigger step and a bigger step. And, uh, you know, like the old saying goes, uh, no druggie was in school thinking, I'm going to grow up and be a druggie. It just happened to be... They just wake up one day, and they're a druggie. Or they just wake up one day, and they realize, I'm a drunk. Or they just wake up one day, and whatever sin they're in, they realize, you know, I've got a problem here. And they realize, I'm in the depth. I'm in the depth of sin, and somebody needs to get me out of this. And out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. The question might be, well, how did you get so deep into these depths? Well, sometimes you're thrown down into this pit. (laughs) Sometimes you're not the one to put yourself in there. Sometimes you're thrown down in this pit. You're thrown down there by maybe your family. Maybe your family's the one that threw you down into the pit. Like Joseph. Joseph had done nothing wrong and his brothers took him and bound him and threw him down into a pit and then sold him into slavery. Sometimes maybe your, own, your good friends threw you down into a pit. A pit of despair. You don't think Jesus Christ was in despair when one of his closest friends betrayed him? And when he betrayed him with a kiss and Jesus said, Friend, you betrayed me with a kiss? He was friends with Judas. He had done so much for Judas. He had walked with Judas and laughed with Judas. and They, they had a good time with Judas. And Judas betrayed him and turned on him. Sometimes it's your friends. Sometimes it's your family. Sometimes it's just your health. Throws you down into a pit of despair. 
Your finances. Maybe it's like me a little bit. Your job. Maybe your job gets to you. Your work gets to you. The guys at work, maybe your boss, whatever it might be, he just throws you down and you get down into a pit of despair. And uh, You just need to cry out to the Lord. Amen. And uh, sometimes we dig our own pit. <laughs> That's Brother Keegan's fault. That's what Brother Keegan's faults are. He, he digs his own pit. I end up digging my own pit in a lot of ways. And what you need to do is when you realize you're, you're digging your pit, you need to realize, when you realize you're digging it, you need to stop. That's the first good advice, amen? You stop digging. And the next thing you need to do, you need to look up. You need to look up to the Lord. And you, what happens when you get down into a pit, and the reason why we call it a pit is because when you drop down in the pit, you can't get your own self out. And uh, like I said, sometimes it's not by our own devices we're thrown down there. Sometimes it's by family or friends. Sometimes we're in pits of despair, pits of loneliness. The best advice I can give you is to cry out to the Lord. And the psalmist says, out of the pits or out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. So obviously the advice God gives you this morning, if you you feel like you're in a pit, you feel like you're down in the depths of sin... You need to cry out first and foremost to the Lord. You need to cry out to Jesus Christ. Uh, you don't cry out first to your doctor. You don't cry out first to your psychologist. You cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor. I'm not telling you don't go to some friends. We all have really good friends that we try to lean on. But I'm telling you, when you, have, when you realize you're in a pit, there's a day you're going to wake up and go, I'm in the pit. I'm in the depths of sin. I'm in a pit of despair or loneliness or depression or whatever it was or is. You need to, first thing you need to do is say, I need to cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't need to just cry out to a doctor. or uh, If anybody comes to me and says, well, I'm, I'm down and out. I'm feeling depressed. I don't ever tell them. The first thing, I don't tell them, oh, well, you need to go to the doctor and get on some medicine. Now, I'm not saying that you might need, I'm not ever going to tell you what to do with your life. I'm not telling you not to do that. But I'm, the very first thing I'm going to tell you is, you need to cry out to Jesus Christ. Amen. You need to get right with Jesus Christ. Uh, out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. The depths of my sin. And sin has lower and lower depths into it. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. I'm so thankful that we serve a God and we serve a Savior like Jesus Christ that when we cry out, we know He's listening to us. Man, I tell you, uh, there's been some times I've went to talk to some friends and maybe y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I went to talk to a friend and I had a serious problem in my life. And I was down and uh, I was really getting depressed and I'd, I called a friend or talked to a friend and I'd be talking to them and you could see halfway through my talking to them that they, they're... they're their attention span had already switched gears and they were thinking of something else. And I didn't just as much get out that all the problems I was going through in my life that they said, well, have you seen that latest movie that came out? Where I don't want to talk about TV. I don't want to talk about a movie. I don't want to talk about the new gun you bought or what you did last week. I'm in trouble, man. I need you to listen to me, you know. The Lord doesn't treat us that way. And he listens to us, and he gets his whole full attention. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive, attentive to the voice of my supplication. The Lord's not just hearing what you're saying. He's listening to what you're saying. He actually cares about what's going on in your life. And we need to first cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a sad thing, but it's true. 
That sometimes it takes us getting to the bottom of the barrel before we'll cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ. It takes us sometimes getting down and into a pit before we'll look up and start crying out to God. So many people uh, I talk to at funerals, that's when I get it. Be at a funeral and uh, preach a funeral and talk to somebody after a funeral. And a lot, I have them come up sometimes, they'll be in tears. They'll be weeping. They'll say, you know, I need to get right with God. I need to get back in church. And I, I, I'm going to come out there and visit your church. And I'm going to come out there and see you. And I know they mean it. I'm not making fun of them. I know in their heart when they're saying it, I see it in their eyes. They mean every word they say. But they walk away and I never see them again. And they never, they never grace these doors. I don't know what happens in their life. But there's a moment where they realize, I'm in a pit. I'm, I'm in some kind of despair. And I, I, I want to cry out to God. And in their heart, they're crying out and they're moaning out to God. But when they get away from that moment, they get it back into the world and the world drowns it out. And the world convinces them they're not in a pit. And the world says everything's going to be okay. And guys, I'm here to tell you, sometimes it's not going to be okay. And that's what the world's full of is people trying to pamper you and lie to you. And trying to make you feel better about the sin you're living in. The prodigal son was never going to get better staying in the pig pen. The prodigal son was never going to get better trying to make that pig pen a better place to live. The prodigal son had to leave that pig pen and go back to the father. He had to get out of that pig pen and say, you know what, I need to go back to where my father's at. and go back. I might be a servant, I might be no good, he might not accept me, but that's a lot better place than this pig pen I'm living in right now. But the world wants you to take the pig pen you're in and they want to make it beautiful. They want to make it a little better. and They, they want to try to, they want to, try to get, put some, uh, make it smell better and they want to make it a lot better than it actually is and it's not going to get better. The sin you're living in is not going to get better. You need to get out of that sin. You're in the depths of sin. And you need to let the Lord pull you out. When a pig falls into a mud pit, what does a pig do? He wallows around and he makes himself at home and, oink, 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 and he gets so happy. He's, he's made himself a home. But when a sheep falls into a mud pit, it starts, rah, rah, it cries out for the shepherd. Please come pull me out. Come please pull me out. It cries out. It's not happy being in a mud pit. Christian, you're never going to be happy living in the depths of sin. Amen. You're not like the world. And the world will try to convince you, isn't this great life we're living? And in the deepness, in your heart, if you're a born-again Christian, in your heart you know the Holy Spirit's telling you, no, it's not. And you have somebody who's lost, who doesn't know Jesus Christ, and they're trying to tell you, this is a wonderful way to live. This is a wonderful way to be. Ain't this just wonderful? And in your heart you're like, no, it's not wonderful. And if you're in here this morning, you're just now realizing, you know what, I think I'm down in the depths of sin. I think I'm down in the pit. Can I offer to you that you cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. He wants to hear you. It's so sad that we have to wait till we're at the bottom of the pit before we cry out. That's one reason Jesus Christ warns so much, in the Bible itself too. But Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, warns so much about being rich. Because the rich never feel like they're in a pit. The rich never feel like they're in a snare. The rich never feel like they're down in a dungeon. The rich always feel like everything's going okay. Because, see, they think their money's going to pay them out of everything. And it has. But when you're poor and you don't have a lot of money, you tend to cry out a whole lot more to the Lord. <laughs> you, get that, you get that big electricity bill in in the middle of the summer, you're like, oh, Lord, I need some help. I'm, where am I going to get the money to pay this? Rich people don't worry about stuff like that. 
You look in your pantry and you don't have any food. You tend to cry out to the Lord a lot more when you're poor. That's why the Lord warns us so much about riches. When I was going through all my depression, and man, I was depressed. I thought I knew what depression was. I thought, I'd hear people say, yeah, I'm depressed. And I, I, I would use the word depressed, but I didn't really know what I was saying. I was ignorant. I really was ignorant of depression until I went through it. And when I stepped into depression and went into the dips and uh, in the pit of despair of depression, uh, you could take me and give me a million bucks and it wouldn't do anything for me. You could take me and you could take me and you could transport me to the other side of the world in Japan and you could put me wherever you wanted to put me and I would not have been happy. I was in the deep, deep pits of despair and depression. And it was going to have to be something miraculous happen to pull me out. Because I was in that point where in my life where I was thinking of suicide. I was thinking I wanted to check out. I was thinking I'm ready to get out of this thing. I can't take this anymore. I was very, very deep into depression. And there's some very, very good Christians. Uh, Sister Carolyn. Some other good Christians that I talked to during that time that really helped me out. This would lend a, that would lend a helping ear. But when I got down in there, I said, Lord, I'm going to make, I, I'm going out of that. Lord, I want out of this. Lord, I, I got to get, and I started getting into the book of Psalms. And it changed my Christian walk. I'd see verses like this out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? I knew those would be true. I knew, I know I'm right there, Lord. And if you mark me the way I am right now, I'm destined to be doomed. I'm never going to get out of here. But there is forgiveness with thee. Amen. Turn to Lamentations, if you would, with me. That's after the book of Jeremiah, Lamentations. Uh, Lamentations is a beautiful book. And you think, well, it's a beautiful book, brother? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's Lamentations of Jeremiah over Jerusalem and to God and how... Jerusalem has uh, been destroyed and going to be destroyed. It's just lamentations, it's woes, it's despair. But boy, it was a blessing to me. It's a blessing to know there's somebody else going through it. <laughs> I don't know why that is. It's a blessing to know that you're not, only, you're not the only one. But look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 55, please. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 55. When I first heard about these verses, I heard about it from Bridget Jeffers. Donnie Jeffers' wife. Y'all met her. You remember Brother Jeffers' wife? He came in to preach with her. She had a, they, they, when they were out on deputation, she had a, they had a, a, a prayer letter they'd give out when they came into a church. And it would give their personal testimonies. And for whatever reason, this sweet sister, she had an amazing testimony. And it really touched my heart. It brought me to tears. And in her testimony, she said, she quoted these verses in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 55 through 57. She quoted this. And let's read this together. I called upon thy name, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. I called upon thee out of the low dungeon. See, that low dungeon means that's the deepest of the deep dungeon. That's uh, where there's no light. That's where they put you and they barely feed you. That's the worst of the worst criminals go to the low dungeon, see. 
I called upon thee, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. See, some of us in here have called on to God and called out to the name of Jesus Christ when we were in the low dungeon. We were sinners. And the Bible teaches us that everybody is a sinner. But I'm here to tell you, there's some sinners in this church that have been sinners and been in the depths of sin and have been down in the low dungeon. Amen. That been down doing, like Mary Magdalene, that walked with Jesus Christ, the harlot, that had seven devils. That, that woman that had been in the low, low dungeon who met Jesus Christ and he pulled her out. And she fell in love with him and she would do anything for him and she took the very tears of her eyes and washed his feet with her hair. That kind of love. That's the kind of love that Jesus Christ brought out in this woman because she'd been forgiven so much. And she'd been down in a low dungeon and had to cry out, Oh, I cried upon thy name, O Lord, and out of the low dungeon thou hast heard my voice. Hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. My breathing at those small whispers that we cry out. There's times where we're in such despair. There's times we're so deep into sin that we can't hardly even cry out to the Lord. It's nothing more than a whisper. Lord, I just, you don't even know how to pray about the way you're living. You don't know how to even pray about the sin you're committing. And then there's times where you cry out to the Lord and you say, Lord, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of me. I'm sick of the way I'm living. I'm sick of the things I'm doing. Cleanse me. Lord, do something with me. Christian, have you ever got to the point where you're just sick and tired of being yourself? Of living that Christian, of not living the Christian life, of doing the things you shouldn't do? Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Paul said, I'm the chief of all sinners. What would make him cry out that kind of stuff? Because, see, when you get closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and you get to reading your Bible, you start realizing, you know, I'm no good. And you start saying, I want to be better. And you wake up one morning and say, you know, I'm not going to do that thing I've been doing. And you go all day long, you say, I've been doing good. And and then you trip up. And you do something. And you can't blame your wife, you can't blame the devil, you can't blame your co-workers, you can't blame anybody else in your family or your husband. You can only blame yourself. And you get sick and tired of it. And you get down and say, Lord, I'm sick of this. And you're down in a low dungeon. Thou hast heard my voice, hide not thine ear at my breathing at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee, thou saidest. Fear not. The most beautiful thing about crying out to Jesus Christ is that He does hear you. And see, when you're down in a pit, when you're down in the dungeon, you can't draw near to God. God's going to have to draw near to you. When you're a sinner, and you know you're filthy, and you know you're sick, and you know you're full of this filthiness and this sickness and this sin, you can't draw near to God. You're going to have to pray and say, God, you're going to have to draw near to me and clean me up. This this really relates to somebody in prison. Somebody in jail that's done some wicked stuff that's thrown in jail, and yeah, they deserve to be in jail. Nobody's trying to get them out of jail. They're down in jail. They deserve it. And they're going to stay there for a long time. 
but nobody cares for them. Nobody comes and sees them. And then one day, the doors open up, and here comes some preachers in with some ties on. Come in and say, well, I'll talk to you about Jesus Christ. You know what they'll tell us in there? They'll say, I can tell you care. We're trying to break out of here, and you're trying to break in. Well, is it Keegan Hall that cares? No. It's not me. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ coming in to talk to them. And when you go in and talk to these guys that are down in the low dungeon, they can't get out. That you can't, you can't, you can't even talk. You can't even touch them. They're in this door. They got. You can't. Even, you just have to whisper to them. You can't hardly hear what they're saying. You're trying to tell them you need to cry out to Jesus. You need Jesus. I don't know what your problem is, but Jesus Christ is the answer. He's going to have to come in here and do it for you because you can't go to Him. You're stuck in here. When you're in the depths of sin, guys, you can't get close to God. God's going to have to get close to you. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Aren't you thankful that our God is not a God that says, clean yourself up, then you come talk to me? (laughs) Oh, God says, I want you to just come like you are. I know you can't clean yourself up. I know you can't get to me. Tell you what, you just stay right there. I'm coming to you. Oh. When the prodigal son came home, oh, I love that story. The Bible says the father was looking, looking for him. And the Bible says the father ran to him. See, there's the son coming down. He's got a beard, he's ragged. He left with all these beautiful clothes. He comes home. The clothes are falling off of him. He's been in the pigsty. He stinks. He looks like, looks like he's 60 years old when he's 20. And he's walking down. He has his head down. And the father sees him. And the father doesn't say, Hey, you better clean yourself up before you come into my house. The father says, It's my son. And he runs and he hugs him. He kisses him. He kisses him while he's filthy. He kisses him while he's been in a pigsty. And he says, get the best robe and put on this man. This is my son. Get the, ro- get the ring and put it on his finger. Clean him up. He's been lost, but now he's found. Let's kill the fatted calf. Let's have a feast. That's your God. And you're down in a dungeon. You're filthy and you're a sinner and you're wicked and you got iniquities and you can't clean yourself up. And God says, here I am. I heard you crying for me. And out of the low dungeon you cried for me and I heard you. And the Bible says, Thou saidest, fear not. And you're afraid of the judgment that's coming on you. And you're afraid of the punishment that you deserve. And God shows up and says, Don't be afraid. Everything's going to be okay. Boy, I tell you what, when you're down in the depths of despair and depression and you know it's all because of you and you know you've done some things you shouldn't do, God shows up and says, it's going to be all right. I've been hearing you. Come on. I want to clean you up. Oh. You know, I was down in Pensacola, Florida. One of my favorite hymns, they would sing it down at the blowouts called And Can It Be? Written by one, written by the, actually written by Charles Wesley. One of the Wesley brothers, one of the Methodist movement. 
Here's the third verse of that song. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Amazing love, how can it be? That thou, my God, shouldest die for me. <laughs> Boy, we would sing that song, and that, I tell you, you thought it was a Pentecostal revival broke out. People were screaming and hollering and amen and shouting for glory. And you'd see some people with hymn books, and they'd throwing them up through the front. Well, the first time I'd been in something like that, I thought, these people have gone completely nuts. <laughs> but the more I got around them, I started realizing, no. They just love the Lord Jesus Christ and they get excited talking about what He's done for them. They love Him. And they want to shout for Him. And they can't wait to get to heaven to shout with Him. And Hey Lord, You're great. You're wonderful. You pulled me out of a dungeon. I was bound in chains of sin and now I'm free. He wants to free you. But you got to call out to Him. If you'll call out to Him, He'll show up and say, Don't be afraid. Everything's going to be all right. You know, when I was going through this fit of depression and things were going so bad, turn back to Psalms. I'm going to show you some stuff. Look at Psalms chapter 27. I'm going to show you some. When I got into Psalms, and oh man, I got to reading in here, I started weeping. I started crying. I started getting right with God, and there's a peace that came into my heart that I can't describe. As a pastor, when I have somebody who's down and beaten down, and I don't know, maybe their wife's left them, or... Uh, their husband's left them or they're, they're, they're going through some cancer or whatever's going on in their life and they're just down in the dumps and they don't. I tell them, go get into Psalms. Read the book of Psalms. Amen. I don't know what it is, man. When David's writing that Psalm, man, the Holy Spirit moves on that and it just touches me. It just moves me. It does something for me. Look at Psalms chapter 27. Look at verse 7. I get it. I tell them, go in the, look, at the, look at the book of Psalms. Just read through the book of Psalms. And God starts moving on people's hearts. This is what he did for me. Look at verse 7. Psalms chapter 27, verse 7. Hear, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. You cry out these things. You get down on your knees and say, Lord, don't forsake me. Why do you cry stuff like that? Because you know the Lord should forsake you. If you're honest with yourself, you know the Lord shouldn't do nothing for you. And you know the Lord doesn't have to do anything for you. You don't deserve it. But you see these verses in here. Lord, don't forsake me. Lord, don't leave me. Oh, God of my salvation. Look at verse 10. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Oh, boy. I read that verse and boy, I just tears start just flowing down my cheeks. My mom, my mom been long dead. Long, long dead. The dad was murdered when I was eight years old. I hadn't had a mom and a dad and since I was in my early 20s. Here I was going through this depression and my wife had left me and all things were falling apart on me. And 
God says, hey, everybody else has left you, but I'm not going to leave you. And boy, what a blessing. It means something to you. See, the Bible comes alive and means something to you when you're going through things. Sometimes the reason why the Bible is so boring to you is because you don't have nothing going on in your life. Everything's going right. You're rich. You're rich in health. You're rich in the back of your pocketbook. You're rich in good looks. You're rich with a good wife or a good husband. But man, when you start getting poor and things start going wrong in your life, that Bible becomes precious to you. Look at chapter 30. Psalms chapter 30. Look at verse 4. I started crying out to God and started reading these verses and boy, they just changed my life. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His. Psalms chapter 30, verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. For His anger endureth but a moment, and His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. <laughs> Woo! You're crying and you're down. You can't believe that things are happening to you. Say, so you know what? This is only going to be for a little while. Then it's going to, the, the light's going to shine up. That old sun's going to come over the mountain. Jesus Christ is going to show up in my life again. Lord, you have every right to be angry with me. Lord, you have every right to be mad at me for the sin I'm doing. But I know, Lord, you're very, very merciful. And Lord, I know when you're mad at me, it's only for just a little while. Amen. And then you'll get over it. That's the kind of God we serve. Now, maybe some of y'all are not wicked sinners like some of us in here. And I praise the Lord for that. Amen. I really do. But some of us, we need these verses. Some of us, we, we, we live in this. So when I got down to verse 8, Psalm chapter 30, verse 8, I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? As I lay there in despair and thinking of suicide and wondering why I should even live my life and what I could do for the Lord, I'm done. And I started thinking, God, why don't you just kill me? God, why don't you just take me and get, be done with me? God, A great truth came to me out of those verses. Lord, if, if you, you could pull me out of this despair and pull me out of this grave I'm in, pull me out of this pit, Lord, you're going to get some praise. I, I, I can't praise you down here in the pit. Lord, Lord I'm, I'm having a hard time down here. And what good am I going to do for you if I'm down here, Lord? Pull me up. See, then I can proclaim your truth and praise your holy name. But what good am I if I'm laying in a grave, Lord? What good am I, Lord, if I take my own life? What good am I, Lord? What can I do for you now if you'll let me get through this? Some of y'all who've never been through depression don't understand what I'm talking about. But when you get down and you get really, really down, the crazy thoughts come into your head about just taking your own life. Amen. You say, you're crazy, brother. Yeah, I am crazy. Just like Elijah. Yeah. <laughs> like some of those other prophets that, 
They wake up and everything's going good in their life. You say, man, look at that prophet of God. He's doing so much for God. And then one day he wakes up and he's like, I want to die. I want to die. Take my life, Lord. You think they just put that in the Bible just for you to laugh at? Your daily devotional? That's funny that he said that. No, that happened in that man's life. Elijah meant that. This great man of God, he meant he wanted to die. He wanted to commit suicide. He was ready to check out. And living in this world, it's easy to think that way. But God will do some great things for you. Look at Psalm 6. Let's go real quick to Psalm 6, then we'll start closing up. Psalm chapter 6, verse 5. See, these verses I'm giving you, these verses, they meant so much to me as I read through there. I started crying and weeping to the Lord and saying, Lord, I, I understand what you're trying to show me. Lord, I understand you're speaking through your words to me. See, God will speak to you through the Bible. You'll read through it and He'll speak to your heart. A hundred of us, a hundred of us Christians could read through the same verse. It wouldn't mean nothing to us and we would yawn and turn the page. But there's that one Christian God says right there. The Holy Spirit says right there, that's for you right there. Read that. And you'll be reading through that and it'll just catch you. And it'll just mean so much to you. And you'll run and you'll tell your husband or your wife or your best friend or your pastor or your Sunday school teacher. Say, look, look at this verse. Look, what this, look at this verse. And they'll yawn. Hmm, yeah. And you start realizing that verse is not for them. God gave that to me. And that's for me. That's something between me and my God. That, that, it's my verse. And he loves me. He gave that to me. Verse 5 says, for in, for in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? That's a great prayer to pray. Guys, you're going through some things. You think God's about to take you out of this world and you don't want to leave? You say, yeah, that's how you'd pray it, right there. You claim that verse right there. You say, God, if you kill me with cancer or you... Or you let me commit suicide, God, or you do some weakness to me. Lord, Lord, who's going to give you thanks? It's hard for my body to be praising your name when it's laying in a grave out there covered with dirt. But if you'll keep me alive, this tongue's going to praise your holy name. Some of you Christians in here are alive today because God's letting you praise his holy name. And I thank the Lord for that. Because there's not anybody else in this world that's doing it right now. There's not a lot of Christians left that are praising God's holy name. Oh, they're calling on God to do something for them, calling on God to heal them, calling on, but they're not calling on God to say, hey God, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being great. Thank you for being merciful. Just thank you for being you. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? Well, I tell you right now, this old pastor right here, this old Christian, this old wicked sinner... I'm giving thanks to God. Amen. He pulled me out of that pit. And I praise the Lord Jesus Christ that he did. Amen. And I tell you, if you're in here this morning and you're going through some things and you've dug a hole, maybe you're in the depths of sin, maybe some of your families threw you in this hole. I don't know how you got in the pit, but I'm here to tell you if you'll go through and read through the book of Psalms. Just you and God. And see if God doesn't speak to your heart. And see if you don't see yourself in those psalms crying out to God. And I'm here to tell you, I'm going to give you my testimony. 
as a Christian that was going through depression, that wanted to check out of this world, that couldn't put up with it anymore, that had felt like I would, nobody cared for me, nobody loved me, no, I found out that God did love me. Amen. And I found that God didn't want to forsake me. And I found out that God said in a sweet, small, still voice, everything's going to be okay. I hadn't told this story much I don't like to tell this story because some of y'all think I'm out of my mind. But since I've already said half the stuff I've told this morning, so you already know I'm already there. Amen. Laying there in the bed and I was sick, depressed, wanted to die. My wife had left me. I didn't feel like I had anybody. I was depressed. I took the Bible and I'm trying to read through it and I'm somewhere, I don't even remember where I was in the Bible and I was reading through it and it made no sense to me whatsoever. And you know how you read through the Bible? You read a verse and it doesn't make any sense. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, hey man, that's like half the Bible, right? Or three quarters of it? And you read through it and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand this. I just got angry and mad and it swelled up in me and I took my Bible, which this tells you how mad I was. I took my Bible... And I was laying on the bed, and I just threw it across the bedroom. And I said, I'm done! I'm sick of this. And I remember I just rolled over in bed, I'm done! And I meant it. I was done. And I fell asleep. Sometime in the wee, wee hours, I heard this voice come into my bedroom. Keegan. I woke up, Keegan, Lord, Keegan, the third time, everything's going to be okay. Is that you, Lord? And I remember telling the Lord, if that's really you, is that? And the Lord laughed at me. I heard him laugh, and he said, everything's going to be okay. It was, it was, the one and only time I felt like God spoke to me. But I needed it. I needed it. And God says he's down. And I've got some things for that man to do. He's no good to me right here. He's got some things to do up there at Indian Gap. He's got some preaching to do. He's got some souls to save. I better go down there and I better talk to him. And he woke me up and said, everything's going to be okay. You know what? Everything was okay. I don't like to tell that story because I know a lot of people think I'm out of my mind. Oh, God told, talked to you. I don't care if you believe me or not. But God helped me out. And I'm here to tell you, if you're in a pit of despair, he wants to help you out. And I got up the next morning and I was... Thinking, did I dream that? Did I? That was the weirdest thing. But I felt better. And I went over there and picked up my Bible. And I opened up my Bible. And I went to where I was reading. And it all made sense. And I said, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. And I started weeping. Man, the Lord is so good to me. And I don't know why. He's just good. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for taking care of us, Father. I don't know why you had me preach this message, Father. I just pray that it didn't fall on blind eyes or deaf ears, Lord God. And Father, may there's somebody dealing with some stuff in here. I don't know, Lord. You know. 
But Father, I just pray, Lord God, as I opened up my heart, Father, I didn't look foolish in it. Father God, that uh, I just told the truth. I always wanted to tell the truth, Lord, just be myself. But Father, I want to thank you for taking care of me. Lord, I want to thank you for pulling me out of the pit, pulling me out of the dungeon, shaking off those chains of sin, Lord God. I want to thank you that you, that you found a way to love me when I was unlovable. Lord, I want to thank you for the love you give me that I don't deserve. And Father, I ask a special blessing on every soul that's in here this morning, Lord God, that you would bless them, Lord, and if they're going through some kind of problem, Lord God, that you would pull them out of that pit. Father, thank you for saying, fear not, and thank you so much for the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's have an invitation, brother. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.